I'm so excited. We have a wonderful guest. I met this lady, I believe at the beginning of this year, 2020, and she blew me away. We had 10 minutes to talk and she listened. And I believe she's a wonderful leader we all need to keep an eye out for and follow. So I'm going to introduce her and we'll get started. So she has a founded Best You for Life organization. She has coached, trained, and developed over 10,000 associates in Fortune 100 companies using her heartbeat leadership method for over 26 years. And she has held senior executive positions with Frito-Lay and the Coca-Cola company for 16 of those years. She has created this organization to help corporate executives and their organizations take a people first approach. So join me in welcoming Dawn S. Kirk. Welcome, Dawn. Thank you, May. <laughs> Good All to be right. here. Thank you so much. And I just, again, I want to say you left such an impression on me when I first met you. And when I saw that you have launched a book and your book, I would love to talk about it today, is The Heartbeat Leadership. So I just wanted to get started. And as I think about before we even dive into the content, one of the reasons that I wanted to invite you to this podcast is we focus a lot on people that are going through career transitions mm -hmm. and there's so much movement happening right now based off of COVID-19 and the impacts there. But not only that, you talk about some very, very clear statistics in your book about 85% of people that are unengaged in their jobs today. So you can imagine how busy I am <laughs> coaching <laughs> people in transitions. <laughs> this is really, I think, a great conversation around heartbeat leadership because we find that a lot of people leave jobs a lot of times because of management. So yes. let's get started. So I'm just curious, okay. what inspired you to write this book? So a couple of things inspired me throughout my career. People have asked, like, when you should write a book, like, when are you going to write a book? And I never honestly previously thought about writing a book, but I got an opportunity to write a chapter in a collaborative book with the legendary leadership expert, Brian Tracy, about four years ago. And so that's kind of where I cut my teeth on this initial chapter. And then, of course, once I did that, people's like, OK, so when are you going to have your own book? And um, I had a coach of my own who was encouraging me to write a book saying, hey, you know what, you can't possibly coach enough people one-on-one -on -one to get your message out there. One of the best ways to get your message out broadly is to put it in a book and have it live on past, you know, when you're here on this earth. So I, I kept resisting. And then he's like, I'm gonna put you in contact with some people that I think can help you kind of crystallize your thoughts and your ideas and get it started. So I at least agreed to meet with the publishers on my idea. And then things kind of took off from there. And next thing I know, I'm signing contracts and saying, I'm going to write this book. And next thing I know, I'm launching it a couple of weeks ago and the rest is history. So I'm glad I did it. And it's a major milestone for me. That is awesome. And I am a couple chapters into the book right now, and it's getting me really excited. And just because of the philosophies that you're sharing. And there's one story that at the very beginning that really jumps out at me. And you mm -hmm. talk about how in your career, you were given a nickname and the nickname was boss lady. So I'm mm -hmm. just curious, number one, how did that even come about? And then how did you navigate that? 
Yeah, so I got the nickname because I was one of few um, females in the leadership position at the time. And I don't know if you remember, there was this popular TV show on at the time, was a Steve Harvey show, and the main character on there was a principal of the school, and they called her boss lady. So boss lady was kind of this image of very feminine, always took care of business, was relatable, but got the job done. And so several of my actually female uh, direct reports nicknamed me that, and it just caught on and everybody started calling me boss lady to the point when I actually left the job, we had this trophy display case in the foyer of our building and they put a pair of red pumps in there and it says boss lady was here. And I think part of it too is because I didn't necessarily conform to the status quo. You know, my male colleagues wore the button down shirts and khakis and shoes, but that wasn't my image. That wasn't the brand that I wanted. So I still figured out how to get the job done and be authentic to myself and maintain what what, what femininity meant for me which was to dress up and to have on my heels and my nice blouses and, and things of that nature. So that's where the name came from. That is a great story. And I think <laughs> it's so important because a lot of people, especially women, I think sometimes we think we have to conform or mm-hmm. to our other colleagues. And like you're saying, you you decided, no, you're going to be your own person, right? You're going to be authentic. So, right. um, so I think that's a great lesson for a lot of people out there. As you talk about heartbeat leadership, what are some of those key takeaways that you want your readers to really walk away with? And if there are any nuances that you can think about when people are going through career transitions, but what are the key takeaways you want people to walk away with? Yeah, so the key takeaways are a couple. So number one is I want people to really understand what it means to be a leader and the definition of leadership. So number one would be leadership is about influence. It's not about your position. It's not about your title. It's not about how many people you have on your team. It's truly about your ability to influence. So every person has a leadership responsibility, no matter where they sit right now, whether they're in corporate America, whether they're in a nonprofit, whether they're a stay-at-home mom, everybody's trying to influence someone to do something. So leadership is about influence. Number two is that leadership really starts with you. Again, the highest form of leadership, and John Maxwell says this, the highest form of leadership is self-leadership. So before you can lead others well, you have to be able to lead yourself well. And then I would say, lastly, leadership is about other people. So how do you make other people around you better than they were when they first encountered you? And so those are kind of like the three big takeaways around just the principle in the picture of leadership that I want people to walk away with, because I think our our leadership picture has been quite blurred here quite recently. And I just don't want particularly our younger generations to have the wrong picture of what it really means to be a leader. It is not self-motivated. It is not self-fulfilling. Um, it is not about you getting ahead at the expense of others. Absolutely. And that's really important. You said something around how you don't have to specifically be in a leadership role, right, to be right. a leader. You talked about if you're a stay-at-home mom or you're working in a nonprofit or individuals that may not even have a manager title per se, right? Correct. But you can really be a leader and have influence. Absolutely. In the context of career transition, leadership to me is really about, again, getting very clear on what it is that you're seeking in your next job opportunity, and your ability to influence others around you, because networking is so important 
in the career transition. You know, I coach a lot of people as well. And everybody goes straight to, I've got to update my resume. I've got to do my LinkedIn. I got to start Mm -hmm. applying for a hundred jobs. And you absolutely have to do all of those things. But that leadership part of this is about connecting with other people and making sure others know what you're trying to accomplish and that they'll join the journey with you and help you get there. Because I think the statistics, the last statistics that I saw, 70 plus percent of jobs are still being filled through networking not just the traditional submit your resume and I called you and I interviewed you and you got hired. So adding that to the career transition strategy will be extremely important from a leadership perspective. Absolutely. So it's almost like you're taking leadership of your own career by now. Absolutely. I love that. I love that thought. Now, One thing that I love to talk about is also just diversity. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you're an African-American woman. You've had great leadership um, roles in the corporate world and now leading in your own business as an entrepreneur. And what advice would you give other women, other minority women that are looking to grow their careers and, and trying to navigate that space? What's that advice you would give to them? Yeah, it's such a delicate topic. And as I look Mm -hmm. back through my own career and some of the challenges that I had in this space, there probably be three things that I would say. Number one is realizing that you can't control anybody else. You can get caught up on what other people are saying and what other people are doing. But at the end of the day, you don't control that. The one thing you absolutely control is you. So you have two choices when you come up against these challenges. One is how do you respond or how do you react? And so my first advice is learn to respond, not to react, which typically takes a more positive spin to whatever's happening to you versus a negative one. So for me, I chose to say, you know what? I can't control what that person just said or what just happened, but I can control how I'm going to respond to it. And how I chose to respond to it was just being the best version of myself I could possibly be. So every day I competed against myself to do the best job in the seat that I had. Two is you have to build relationships. Even those that seem very difficult, don't give up on trying to build the relationship anyway. Find a way to at least have a respectable working relationship with as many people as you possibly can. And what I have found is that when you're focused on doing your best and you're getting results, I always say results kills all sins, right? When you start to get the results, people are going to start wanting to know, how are you getting that done? You're like, what are you doing? And all of a sudden, some of those barriers that were there before start to naturally come down because now everybody's focused on how can I do what she's doing? (laughs) Right. And makes it about results, right? And then in in the midst of that, they get to learn really who you are, how you operate, and then begin to see, you know what? There's not that many differences between us in the first place. And we have more in common than we do uncommon. So sometimes it takes some of those other areas to kind of break down the barriers. And the last thing that I would say is be the example that you want to see in the workplace. So instead of me getting angry and behaving the same way and creating more of that same culture, I took the opposite approach and I went the extra mile to create the culture that I wanted to work in and that I wanted to create for the teams that were watching me and those that were I was influencing around me. And in the process, hopefully you begin to influence others' behavior, at least while they're in your presence. You can't control what they do outside of that, but while they're in your presence, teach them how you want to be treated. 
Those are great, great tips. There's something that you talked about in terms of just those relationships and you need to step outside of your circle sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I've found people that are my advocates and through my career have been people that don't look like me. Right. So, and that's okay. I think it's it's knowing how to build those relationships. And I love what you said. It's really let your work speak for you as well. Correct. Yeah, because here's the thing. I think your work gives you credibility and your work gives you some license to start to address those tough situations to the point where people will listen and respect what you have to say. Uh, versus sometimes we get labeled as the angry black woman, right? Or the Mm -hmm. angry African-American male or what have you. But when you have the credibility of the work that you're doing and you're setting the example, when you do choose to, to, to address some difficult situations, people are more apt to listen to you than to tune you out. That's so true. So true. Great. Any final thoughts that you would like to share with people based off of what you've written, what you believe in, and people also in transitions, right? Because those are a lot of our listeners. But what are some of those final thoughts that you may have for people out there? So the one thing that I would say is um, in the book, I talk about these six pulses. And those six pulses, it's a framework, are priorities, preparation, people, processes, performance, and promotion. And what I'm finding as I talk to different groups of people that, of course, I wrote it, you know, strictly from a leadership perspective, but what I'm finding is the framework works in a variety of different scenarios. So I would encourage the listeners to, number one, and and selfishly, obviously, to get the book, but to use those six principles as in their career transition. So number one priorities is what are you trying to accomplish? What's the most important to you as you look for these next um, job opportunities? Number two, what might you need to do to prepare and be in great positions to obtain that next career opportunity? Mm -hmm. Number three are the people, right? Who are the people you need to connect with? Who are the people you need to get to know inside the organizations you desire to work for? And how do you surround yourself with the right people to be part of your board of directors as you move into this new career space? Processes is applicable because what are the processes you're using for your job search, right? You want to make sure you've got all your oars in the water. You know, the traditional approaches, the networking approach, and just leveraging all the resources that are out there, your coach approach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. When you think about performance, you want to also go ahead and prepare for the interview. So start thinking about mm-hmm. all of the impact that you've had throughout your career and all of those situations that are transferable into the new opportunities you're looking at. So get re-familiar with your performance record. And then lastly, be prepared to promote yourself. When you meet anyone and somebody says, what are you doing? Or don't just say I'm in career transition, which, you know, you are, but be prepared to kind of give that 90 second elevator speech about who you are, what you've done, what you've accomplished, that somebody might say, hey, you know what? I I got a couple of people I want to introduce you to. or I've heard about this job opportunity. So don't be afraid to promote yourself. So I just kind of walk through quickly how those six P's that I talk about in the book in the context of leadership really does have broad appeal across many scenarios in life and career transition is one of them. Absolutely. I I love that. And it's so easy to remember because they're all P's. So (laughs) Um, so, no, that's a wonderful framework, like you said, whether it's for leadership, for individuals that are going through transition or, or 
if somebody has already stepped into a leadership role or looking to step into a leadership role, even within their own career companies that they're working at right now. Absolutely. Right? So, so I think these are principles that uh, definitely I haven't seen laid out like that before. So definitely grab a book, Heartbeat Leadership. Don, how can people get a hold of you or pick up your book? Tell us a little bit about how we can get a hold of you. Yeah, so the best way is to go to my website, which is Heartbeat leadershipbook.com and there you can do several things one you can download a free chapter if you just want to get a sampling of what the book is about two you can order the book from that site it's on amazon barnes and nobles books a million paperback hardback ebook and soon to be audiobook and then lastly if you go down to the bottom of my website there is a form you can fill out if you'd like to just connect with me um, to discuss either your latest leadership challenges or I know you're probably talking to May as well but if there's anything I can do to help you in your career transition I'd love to have a 30 minute consultation with you complimentary absolutely get a hold of Don and uh, reach out to me if you uh, didn't capture that and I'd be happy to get you in touch with Don so Don, again, thank you so much. I feel like we could keep talking, honestly, for, <laughs> for hours. I really appreciate your time today. And I hope that people have taken quick notes on this and pick up your book. I think it's powerful to really shift those numbers away from only about 15% of people that are highly engaged in the corporate world today. Um, we need to fix that somewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. This was great.